This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Are we ready? We're fucking born ready. Let's go. Oh my God. Okay. We're here. We're on. We are back for the Eat Like Ruby podcast. And as we can hear, she's not soloing today. Hey guys, I am back. Shaq is back on the DJ desk. Oh my God. (laughs) This is going to be painful. I go back to the solos. (laughs) Thanks. Shit. Okay, guys. So Shaq is here. If you are new, welcome to the Eat Like Ruby podcast. I am Ruby and my lovely partner, fiance, husband-to-be is in the studio with me today. Hello, officially. Shaq, you can now speak. Hello. I am back. (laughs) We've heard. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Thank you for being here. So Shaq is back today. We are going to talk about training. I feel like we have done heaps of nutrition chat lately, heaps of mindset chat, heaps of fat loss focused chat. Um, obviously with the fat loss phase running in Eat Like Ruby, time of year, fat loss is big. We, I feel like we've just covered everything we could possibly cover with that one. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So I thought Solid. today would be cool to pivot a little bit and talk about training. I feel like we've done a few training apps here and there, but I think it's always good to come back to, like obviously we get new listeners. And I feel like even for regular OG listeners, I think when you come back to things, you speak about them in new ways, like you have new ways of explaining stuff. And I feel like even where people are at in their own journey, sometimes you might've heard something six months ago and you might not have been ready to hear it or it might not have made a lot of sense, but then we talk about it again now and you've obviously gone through a six month journey and you're like, Ooh, that makes more sense to me now. That makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really cool to kind of come back to things and just keep reiterating. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I feel like we should do small life update, wedding update, all of those things. I hate when people do a life update at the start of their podcast and it's like 17 minutes later no one cares. Like, I took my sister's kids to the zoo. We don't care. We're here to talk about nutrition and training and we can reference life and the wedding amongst that. So, I went to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. This is a little taste of married life for us. And honestly, honestly I'm It's not a good keen. life. <laughs> I love how I say I'm not keen and you say it's a good life at the same time. Red flag. <laughs> Shit. So the wedding, we're actually a little bit ahead in podcast recording versus when they're going to come out. So we're recording this on Thursday, the 21st of September, but I think it's going to be like mid-October by the time this comes out, Yeah. which is wild because this weekend is 12 weeks till the wed. Yeah. So by the time this app comes out, it's probably going to be like eight or nine. That's crazy. To, wild. To that wedding. Oh, that wedding. Oh, that wedding that we're having. There's some coming up. <laughs> So Shaq called our wedding that wedding. It, and it was in the context of super serious. Um, we've got to do the thing on this weekend for that wedding. And I'm like, that wedding? Do you mean our wedding? He's like, yeah, we've got to meet with the celebrant. And I'm like, oh, that old thing. <laughs> was I right or was I wrong? So the wedding is now referred to as that wedding. Um, and it's coming up. Yeah, it's getting so close now, isn't it? Yep. Are you excited? Are you getting nervous? You want to back out? No. Depends. Maybe by the end of this episode. <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah, it should be fun. Like, yeah, it should be a good little day. Hopefully it's nice and sunny. Like, yeah. I'm excited for the weekend of it because it'll be all of our family, like, together, which Mm. doesn't happen often because everyone's all over the place. Be family, us, Nutella. Nutella. Nutella's the dog for anyone who's new. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be there. That was, like, one of the deal breakers for the wedding venue. Can a French bulldog do zoomies through the wedding? Yeah. And I'll see. Yes, he can. <laughs> I feel like it'll be too hot. The wedding's like mid-summer. Yeah, he'll probably do one. Throw it gas. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and do it again. Shotgun not cleaning the dog's throw up on the wedding day. That's right. He's doing it outside of his sleeve. Like going to be oh, <laughs> just walking down the aisle, just step over the dog. <laughs> okay. Look, this. We've already spiraled away from the topic. <laughs> So wedding's 12 weeks away. Um, We've spoken a little bit about like my diet, my training, everything into the wedding. So you can go back and listen to those episodes and we've been documenting it big time on YouTube. So weekly YouTube's all about nutrition and training plan heading into the wedding. So definitely check that out. But apart from that, um, life update, things are good, life's good, business is busy, your business is busy. We're always just running around. Yeah, we're always doing something on the go. We have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I do. 
That's life update. I feel like anytime you've here, we've you've dropped like a quote. Oh, yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. And so I feel like um I'd like love to know if you've got any new quotes on the go. Probably not. No. Let me think about it. I've put him on the spot. I'll have to hit you back on that one because I always have a thousand quotes on the go. You know that. So you can't give us one? I'll pick a good one. <laughs> Showing it one chance to drop a good quote. <laughs> Shit. I'm, I'm getting like Eminem eight mile vibes. You've only got one shot. <laughs> one opportunity, girl. Legit. So you don't have a quote for me right now? Not on the go, no. End of the app. All right. Okay, I'll hit you. On the sign out, I'll get you. All right. So, we've crapped on enough. We are going to talk about training today. And the reason I wanted to get you in here, obviously you're a trainer and you're quite like sports-specific, goal-orientated trainer. Like you do train people for just general fitness, fat loss, strength, yeah, body comp, that sort of thing, but also a little bit more like specific training to work towards a specific goal. And we love this. And I think the, the kind of convo I wanted to have today, and we'll just see where it goes, is like obviously you do that for more sports-specific stuff like skill-based competitions, that sort of thing. And then in Eat Like Ruby, we obviously do a lot of like body composition training. So people are pursuing fat loss and they want training to kind of work with that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a sec. Um, But then also like building shape, having nice legs, having a nice booty, glutes. Building that shelf. Yeah, (laughs) legit. So I think that, I feel like that's predominantly the listener is the people that are working a little bit more on training for body comp and a bit of strength and stuff. Like it's common for girls in Eat Like Ruby to be like, really want to, you know, have nice legs, have nice glutes, but also would love to be able to do a pull-up, want to improve my hip thrust weight, want to hit a deadlift PB. So it's a bit of a combo of like strength and shape, Yeah, really. And I just think that there's so much to be said on really the topic of today being structured training versus random training. Yeah, love that. Do you have any opening thoughts on structured training versus random training? I feel like I've just opened the floodgates. Yeah, like, honestly, <laughs> if there's a choice between one or two, why not structured? And like, it's not know, a choice. Yeah, like, there's no <laughs> point going to a gym, going to anywhere, doing a random 15-minute work that you see on Instagram with shit. Like, you're not going to benefit from that at all. Okay, so I love that you just said that, and this is where I want to tap in and say... I want to talk about this in a helpful way for people. I don't want to sit here and just be like, don't do this, you're an idiot. If you do this, you're an idiot. Because one thing that I'm really, really trying to tap into, it's really common for trainers or educated people like ourselves to see people in a gym doing really random stuff and honestly think, oh my God, you're an idiot. Like, why would you do that? But I'm actually trying to go further and be like, well, why are they doing that? They genuinely believe that that is serving them, that they're doing the right thing. And if you really think about a person in a gym doing a what we would consider to be like a random or a bizarre workout, that person has gone out of their way to join the gym, lay out their gym clothes probably the night before, set the alarm, get up early, hit the gym. Like they are doing the damn thing. Yeah, They're probably thinking, like you would assume that they think they're doing the right thing and are yeah. probably actually really frustrated if there's a lack of results. So then I think it's common for us or like social media and whatever to kind of take the piss and it's like, well, let's actually help these people. If someone's going to go to the effort, if someone's joined a gym and is getting up early and all those things, they've obviously got a goal. There's something there. They're driven. yeah, Yeah. And they're motivated and they've actually made the step to do the thing. So let's actually provide some help and some education on going to the gym and just doing a bunch of random shit. So I just, I always like to say this at the start of podcasts when we are going to kind of go hard on something. If this is you, don't bash, like, I don't want to bash it. I don't want people to shame themselves or be like, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong the whole time because you don't know what you don't know. If someone hasn't studied fitness, they haven't studied body composition, all the stuff that we have, it's easy for us to kind of judge and be like, oh my God, how can you not know this? But, you know, if we walked into someone's, hairdressing salon would probably do shit yeah. wrong as well and they'd be like how could you not know this and it's like well i've never studied hairdressing yeah it's, do you know um, what i mean so i don't want to shame people i want to help people yeah 100 percent. like yeah yeah it's like you see so many weird stuff but like and and yes. i feel like this is what we need to talk about is if you don't know and you are a bit lost and there's a bit of 
it's really similar to nutrition. We've probably spoken about this in so many ways with nutrition where you're a little bit desperate and you're kind of just on the hunt for the answer. If someone has a body composition goal or weight loss goal or whatever and they're trying to achieve it and they don't really know how, you are naturally going to hunt for the answer. So you're going to be on Instagram like, oh, there's a workout. Maybe I should be doing that. And what we've got to understand is we see things like a real fitspo person doing a workout, right? And they'll just post a session. And then for a person that isn't happy with the shape that they're in, they see this workout and then they're like, well, she's in fucking great shape and she does this session. I'll do that. Like, I'll go do that. And then we see a lot of content where it's like, don't just do your favorite Fitzbo's workout, rah, rah, rah. But explain to people why. Explain to them what they should do instead. I think it's a really common thing on the internet to just throw out like, don't just fucking copy people. Don't do this. Don't do that. We can see why people are doing it. So let's yeah. tell them what to do instead or let's help them know why. Like if we're just going to stand there and say, don't do this, well, why? I think this is, yeah, like it comes down to being structured and like educated enough to know what you're doing, like finding a coach, getting actually a decent plan in place to know what you're doing so you actually have something to progress to and you can see results in so that longevity is going to last. Mm-hmm. That's what I pretty much train around. It's like pretty much having a good plan so I can get more out of the programs and longevity, so less injuries. Because you do those real random things, which could be great for you that day or week you do it. But those injuries are going to come because you're not conditioned to do a certain workout. So pretty much just like you have to go back and do the basics right before you do other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm going to pull apart everything you said. So even for us to sit here and say a good plan in place, if you're not educated, how do you know what's a good plan? Yeah. Right? So this is what we need to look at. Like we sit here and say, put a good plan in place, put structure in place. Some people might be like, well, what is structure in the gym? How do I structure? So let's talk about the point. I'm going to talk about the programs that we do in Eat Like Ruby because they'd be similar to some of the stuff that you do and similar to stuff like you've programmed for me, we've programmed together so we can converse on the same sort of stuff. So let's use the fat loss phase, for example. The girls do... 12-week program, two six-week training blocks in the 12 weeks, right? So for those six weeks, they run through the same workouts. They can pick between three, four, or five days a week, but they pick that at the start and then they stick with that the whole time. And then let's say we're on four days. Four days is a really good split. I love a four-day training program. The four days is two upper, two lower. So you might go in on a Monday and you'll do lower body one, and then you might go back Thursday and do lower body two, right? You go to the gym the next week, you do lower body one again, and you do lower body two again that same week. So the same sessions, same exercises, right? Every Monday for the six weeks, you can chop and change the day if you need to, but the same session repeated for six weeks, right? The same two lower body sessions, the same two upper body sessions. So let's talk about why we would do that as opposed to just going to the gym and being like, what should I do today? Let's jump on the leg press. Now let's jump on the lat pull down. Why do we want to run with the same session week after week and progress through it? Let's talk about how we progress through it as well, as opposed to just going to the gym and randomly picking a few machines. Because you're doing the basic (laughs) movements over and over again. That's where you're going to see most progress. And to make it harder for yourself, if you're doing it over and over and over again, you increase the weight or reps, or tempo. So that's how you get the muscle growth or simply get better at a movement so you can advance to the next thing. So one program block, you're going to do the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. The next block, you go up to weight or reps or vice versa and to, so you can keep progressing in those movements. Yeah. So you can't train the basics. No, and we'll, I, th- I reckon we'll come back to that point. So if we look at a progressive program, let's say we go into the gym and we do like... I'm trying to think simple. Um, split squats into a hip thrust and then an RDL, right? Yeah. So three exercises, big three exercises. And we might start with like three sets of eight, let's say, for example. If we look at a six-week program, we want to go three sets of eight in week one. For example, find your weight, find the good weight where you're kind of pushing yourself. We'll talk about weight in a sec. And then we go into week two and we might do like three sets of 10 for some of them. 
and then we go into week three and we might do a fourth set on one of the big lifts, like a hip thrust or whatever. And then we go into week four and we might do four sets on a couple of things. And then we go into week five and we might do four sets of 12 on everything. What we've done there is we've gone three sets of eight, three sets of 10, four sets of 10, four sets of 12. Like we've gradually progressed through the same movements over time. And you might gradually increase the weight with some of those over time as well. Yeah. Right? The point there is that, I think I've said this on the podcast ages ago, but the point is that we want to find the sweet spot where we train and we push the body to a point where it's like, oh, this is a little bit hard. Like yeah. in simple terms, I have said this on the podcast before, I'm getting deja vu. When we train, we're actually breaking down our muscle fibers. And a lot of people might not know that or they might think that that sounds bad. But that's actually the point of training is we break down the muscle fibers. We go into the recovery after the session and they rebuild a little bit harder, better, stronger, all of that. That's literally the point yeah. of training. So if we think about going into the gym, like I said, and repeating that session week after week, but gradually doing a couple more reps, an extra set here or there over time, we're continuing to push to that point. If we just sat at three sets of eight with the same weight forever, you're not going to push your body. Like eventually yeah. that's going to get easy. Yeah. So you want to keep pushing to that sweet spot where it's not easy, but it's doable. It's a bit challenging. We go into the recovery, we come back to gym and we gradually keep increasing all of those things. Yeah, 100%. Makes sense? So if we think about that and then we think about a person going to gym and just being like, oh, I might jump on the leg press for six reps and I'll jump on the chest press for two sets and then I'll walk on the treadmill for seven minutes and then I'll do some sit-ups in the corner. And people actually do this all the time. What I think happens there with people is like, oh, I want more toned legs is normally the thing, or I want to burn the fat on my legs, so I'll jump on the leg press. Yep. Oh, I want a toned stomach, I'll do some sit-ups. And I think people actually literally just look around the gym and are like, oh, that's a stomach machine and I want to lose fat on my stomach, so I'll yep. jump on that machine. That. Yep. Yeah, so this is what we want to say to people like, that's not how it works. We don't... I feel like this is going to go in so many directions. Yeah. One thing to point out here is we do not turn fat into muscle. So, so often people can think that that's what we're doing in the gym. And if we do something like a sit-up or like that sit-up machine, that ab crunch oh, yeah, machine. The OG one. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people can think, well, I want to turn the fat on my stomach the into muscle. a toned stomach. Yeah. So, I'll hop on that. This is not how it works at all. And if you are a real beginner and you believe that, again, if you don't know what you don't know, like don't shame yourself for not understanding this. But if you were to go back and listen to all podcast episodes, you'd probably be able to piece it all together because we've talked about muscle gain, fat loss, toning, all of the things that Legit. like accumulate here. But where were we going? <laughs> if you're thinking that, like if you're thinking I just jump on this machine and turn my fat into muscle, that's not how it works and that's not what training is for at all. We want to train, like we said, to push a certain body part to a point where it feels a little bit challenged and a little bit worked so that those muscle fibers break and then they go into recovery and they rebuild a bit stronger, a bit bigger, whatever. And this is how we literally build quads, build glutes, build shoulders, build biceps, all of the things is by what we call progressive overload. And that's what progressive overload is. We are progressively, aka gradually, overloading that muscle. Yeah. Agreed? 100%. Yeah. And if we look at that, this is why consistent training is so important. Because if you were to get a program and do week one, and I feel like you were kind of mentioning this before, and this is a massive pet hate for trainers. If you get a program and you do week one, it might be, like we said, three sets of eight. And then if you just decide to skip three or four weeks and then you walk in and you do the week four or five session that's now four sets of 12, your body is not conditioned to that. Yeah. And this is where, like you were saying before, we get injuries and everything. And that's where it probably, again, ties into like the whole Instagram workout thing. First of all, it's not that effective. If you just find a workout and do it once, you're not getting that consistently to get like you're not getting, sorry, the consistency to get progressive overload in place. Yeah, 100%. So a random workout on its own doesn't really mean do, anything or do anything. No. Nah. If you go in the gym and do like a booty sesh as a one-off, 
you're not going to wake up with a more toned booty. If we think about like toning a booty, if I want to keep using that term, you want to go into the gym and work the glutes through that system that we just said, like through a certain rep range with a certain weight, go through the recovery, hit them again, recovery, hit them again. And over time, three months, six months, six years, this shit takes a long time. So long. That's how we actually like grow a muscle, change our shape, and that's how we get toned. I'm not going to get into the toning chat because we've done toning episodes, but it's not like, oh, there's a booty session, I'll go do that and wake up tomorrow with a better booty. And I think that that's what a lot of people think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I feel like I was going in so many directions. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, there's chat, you can go so many different directions. It's like, so many different ways you can go down. Like, yeah. It's crazy. So when we look at like a structured program, like we said, we want to have literally anywhere from two to five days a week. I think I've spoken about this before. There's no right or wrong with that. You more so want to look and realistically say like, how often can I go? Because if you know that you can actually go five times a week, then we can look at all your goals, look at everything you want to work towards, divvy up the best exercises and everything into a structured program across five days. And then you consistently hit the gym and do those exercises week after week, month after month to actually progress and see results from them. Yeah. And then again, if somebody's like, well, I can only go two days, that's actually not a bad thing. I think people think like the more I can go, the better. Really, it's like the more realistic you can be with the training program in the first place, the better. Because if you can only go two, we're actually better to acknowledge that write a program that's structured for the two, knowing that you can tick those off consistently in that same progressive way. If you're someone that's like, I can probably only go two, but no, fuck it, write me a five-day one, but I'll probably skip two or three sessions every single week, you've then lost the program. You you actually don't have a program because you're not following it. Yeah, exactly. You're just doing random shit. And I feel like that's probably the next point I want to go into is I spoke about this a little bit with the girls in the fat loss phase substituting exercises willy-nilly. Yeah. And the thing I want to say here first is obviously if there's an injury, if there's a legitimate reason that we need to substitute an exercise, obviously do it. Do it this yeah. is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is if you had a program, and I think this is funny because the girls who get it will laugh at this and be like, surely no one's doing that. But then there'll be people listening like, oh shit, yeah, I do that. Shit. Is this wrong? What I'm talking about is if we look at that session I said before where it's maybe like, um, what did I say? Split squat, hip thrust, RDL. Then maybe we have like a leg curl, leg extension. As a little bit of a side note, that's a very intentional structured session. Yep. Like we look at that as a professional and we go, okay, most people want to work on their glutes and their legs. We want to push weight with the legs, split squat. We want to pull weight with the legs, RDL. We want to work in a shortened range, hip thrust. We want to work in a lengthened range, RDL. Like we look at so many factors when we write an actual structured program. We don't just look around the gym and go, what's five leg things? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where if you're someone who doesn't know that, don't shame yourself because you shouldn't know that if you haven't studied it or whatever. But that's what we want to point out. It's not just five random exercises banged into a program. It's very intentional. And this is where I would say like you – your programs are very intentional for someone's skill. So if someone went to Shaq and said like, um, you've worked with like softball players. Yeah. So if people are like, I want to be better at softball, like I want to be better at hitting or pitching. Be more explosive and stuff like, yeah. Legit. Shaq's not just like, oh yeah, chest press, sit-ups, lap pull down, see ya. Nah. You're like, okay, what do we do in the gym that carries over to softball? You've worked with people that do iron woman triathlon yeah. kind of things. Um, again, it's not just like, oh yeah, leg press, sit up, see ya. No. It's like, what are you doing in your sport? How do we bring that back to the gym? How do we work on those skills? Yeah. So when you're on the beach, Actually, takes it, out it carries over. Yeah. yeah, and you've obviously done that with football for years. And then with Eat Like Ruby, we're a little bit more um, like body composition, aesthetic focused. Yeah. So when we look at girls that are like, I want good legs, I want a good ass. A lot of girls want like nice shoulders. We look and say, okay, how do we actually achieve that physique? Again, it's not just like, oh, here's five leg exercises, have a good sesh. Yeah. It's like, how do we actually grow the glutes? How do we shape the glutes? How do we shape the hammies? How do we shape the shoulders? There's a real structure to exercise selection. If you're going to do one thing, 
it makes sense to look at that. Like if we had a hip thrust, you would look at that and say, okay, what works well with a hip thrust? There's certain things you wouldn't wouldn't do on the same day as a hip thrust. Yeah. And this is what I think people are missing. Coming back to my point of people subbing out exercises, I think people open a session like that and are just like, oh, I don't feel like split squats. Yeah. Oh, I'll jump on the lat pull down. And like I said, the girls that get it would be like, surely, surely no one's doing that. Why? But people really do do this and you see it in trainer eyes all the time. And one thing I see, and I feel like we'll, we'll come back to this in a sec, is in trainer eyes, you rate the session of how hard it was. Often we see people rate a session as literally like a two or three. And you're like, that session should be like an eight. Like, what have you done? Click on the sesh. What was originally split squat, hip thrust, RDL? turned into chest press, sit up, lat pull down. Yeah, it's like, no shit. It's like you've actually completely moved away from the program. Yeah. So, and that's what I was saying before. Obviously, if you sub one thing out because of injury, that's very different to just walking into the gym and then just being like, I don't feel like that. What do I feel like? Substitute, substitute, substitute. You actually don't have a program and therefore you don't have progressive overload. Yeah. In place because, again, the whole point is that we do those things. We go back, we do them again the next week. We go back and do them again the next week. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, literally. So, subbing in and out randomly based on what you feel like, there's no point having a program. Yeah. Just go to the gym and do what you feel like. Legit, because you hit that five-week, six-week program block, you're like, have I actually progressed anything? No. Because you keep substituting everything. So, it's like, Yeah. Yeah, so and I think really when we look at that, it's it's a lack of education and understanding of the point of training. Like what are we actually trying to do in the gym? Yeah. So Shaq and I will sometimes see people in the gym and this is what I've been tapping into. Like Shaq would be like, what is old love doing? And then I think a lot of people who are experienced in the gym can relate to this. You kind of see someone doing something so bizarre and you're just like, what is happening? What the fuck is happening? But this is where I'm trying to, as a professional, be like, okay, well, why are they doing that? Yeah. Like, what do they think? They've right gone now. to the effort of coming down here today. Why are they doing that specific thing? They think there's a benefit there. And like, my mind is really starting to be like, Tick over, like because why? I want to educate people like on the podcast and in programs and everything, I want to be able to tap into the mind of that person. Why are you doing that right now in that way? And we see people in the gym. We've seen that lady recently who's doing... She'll like literally do some machine and then she will run through the gym. Not jog, run. She's on. Run to the next machine and do like 10 of them, whatever. Run outside and do a lap. Run back in, sit-ups, whatever. Run to the next thing. And this is where Shaq was like, what is going on? And I was like, no, but what is going on here? And I was like, if you think about that, I would think – just based off of all the work I've done, somewhere she's read something, maybe a magazine, maybe she's read multiple things. For whatever reason, she has come to the conclusion that that's the way to do it. Yeah. Like in her mind, she's like, okay, I need to go to the gym. 10 of them, run to the next one. 10 of them, run outside, run my lap. Like no one's doing that because they're a dickhead. They're no. doing that because think they think there's a benefit. Yeah. So I think... People do this for two main reasons. Number one being they think it achieves fat loss. Yeah. Number two, they think it achieves toning. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because when we look at, and I don't want to shame, like we, we see everybody do this. I think when we see guys in the gym, most guys in the gym are training to get big. Yeah. Right. And it's, there's not a lot of confusion. There probably is in a whole nother way, but most people know enough to think, well, I want to get big, I'll lift weights. Yeah. Right. So we don't see guys running around the gym. Like maybe yeah. you might. Probably the odd one or two, but mainly <laughs> But I feel like we see growth. women doing random workouts. And really when we think about it, for most women or a lot of women, I definitely don't want to just put everyone in the same box, but most women have a goal to drop body fat or tone up. Yeah. And that's where I think this connection comes in of like – for whatever reason, they've read all this shit, seen all this shit, probably Googled, screenshotted, downloaded, whatever, put together this workout where they're like, this is how you achieve fat loss. This is how you tone up. Yes. And it's 
it's not true. No. And, and like, it's unfortunate because you, if you think about a person running around the gym, like she's not fucking chilling. She's on. Yeah. And like, so the effort required there is like 10 out of 10 for effort. Legit. And you're, like, you're showing up to the gym early, doing that shit. Like, yeah. And that's what, that's what I think is um like shitty about our industry where there's such a lack of real education so yeah. that a person is going to all of that effort yet. They're not actually achieving anything. Yes. Yeah. So really, if we look at this, like, let's break it down because someone might be listening thinking, why do that? What's wrong with it? If we think about what we said before, like the key to training is progressive overload. As we see this, especially with weights in terms of training for strength or training for hypertrophy, which is muscle gain and like, therefore, shape change, Yeah. like toning, if you will, progressive overload with weights. But- Progressive overload is the foundation to any style of training because if you think if you're like a sprinter, you're doing different things in the gym to push your sprinting ability that little bit more and that little bit more. If you're a marathon runner, like you're training in different, um, like your, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like in, intervals. Yeah, like endurance based, like shit like that. Like you're doing different shit to gradually build your body's capacity to run a marathon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you might start by running 5Ks and then you work on a few different things and then you run 6Ks and then you work on that for a while and you run 7 and eventually you are progressively pushing your body that little bit. Like we said before with weights, you're just doing it with running or with whatever your sport is or your skill is to continuously just push your body that little bit to the edge to get better. Yeah. And then your body gets conditioned to that new edge and then you push to another edge. Yeah. So this is the point of... Training. And this is where it's important to think about your goal. Like, is your goal to run a marathon? Is your goal to increase strength? Is your goal to work on your shape? Like, if you're a female that wants the legs and the glutes and the shoulders or the, to tone up or whatever, it's important to think about your goal because then you want to reverse engineer and say, do I have a structured, progressive training program in place to work towards that goal? Yeah. Does that make sense? Legit. So, when we think about this person running around the gym, my question would be, what is the goal? Because if you think about like, let's say it's 10 push-ups and then we run to the leg press, 10 leg press, we run back, we do 10 sit-ups and then we run outside and run a lap of the car park. I would ask, what do you want to get better at Yeah. by doing this? Because anything we do with training or whatever, the point is that we're gradually, again, pushing to that edge to get better at it. Yeah. So when we look at something like that, what it's are like- you trying to work towards? And then again... So often the answer is I want to train up or I want to lose fat. And we know that training doesn't even really play a role in the fat loss process. We've spoken about this so much. This is an energy, energy in versus energy out situation. And if you don't understand that, definitely go back and listen to probably the last two months of the pod. And then if we look at the other goal of I want to tone up, toning, we'll touch on it super briefly, is literally just having enough muscle mass on the frame and a low enough body fat percentage to reveal that muscle. And the way we get that muscle mass in the first place is through a progressively overloaded training program. And then the way we show off that muscle by reducing the body fat is by controlling our energy balance, which we know predominantly comes from nutrition. So if we think about those two things, if someone's goal is fat loss or to tone up or usually both, really we want a progressive a structured, progressively overloaded training program in place focused on muscle hypertrophy, which is predominantly lifting weights. And then we want to make sure we're controlling our energy balance to either fuel that muscle gain aspect, if that's what we want to focus on at the time, or to reduce the energy intake to lower the body fat percentage and reveal the muscle that we've built through that program. So if we think about those being the goals, there's no real place in like the attempt to work towards that for randomly going to the gym and jumping on different machines or running from machine (laughs) to machine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I think people really need to understand because like we said, people are doing these things with great intentions. Yeah. I want to look better. I want to turn up. I want to lose weight. I'm going to gym. And I think for some people it's that simple. Yeah. Well, if I want to lose weight, I'll go to gym. That end. But it really comes down to what we're doing in there. Yeah. It's like that thing I always say. It's a quality over quantity. Like, Is that what you always say? Always. That could have been your quote. 
No, I've got, got another one. Oh, shit. He's got one. Okay. What I think we should talk about as well is you made the comment early on about – I can't even remember how you said it. But what I want to talk about is we're never too good for the basics. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I want to point out here is if we look at doing like a five or a six-week program, like we said – When we get to the end of that, so we progress through that program, we get to the end and then we start a new program. What I like to do and what I think is really beneficial to do is we look at the old program or the program we've just done and we say like, what do we want to repeat? Sometimes we want to repeat things. Like you don't want to just do something for five weeks and walk away. If you do it for another five, you're going to keep getting better. Yeah. Right. So I always look and say, what could we repeat? Like what would be worth repeating in this program? What do we want to advance? So sometimes we might do something, even if we think about something as simple, this is just an example, as we might do like a body weight Bulgarian, so like a body weight split squat, which is harder than people think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Super hard. But then you might go, okay, next program, let's add dumbbells. Or you might have somebody doing like a stationary lunge in a Smith machine, and then you'd be like, let's move it to a rack. Yeah, because Smith machines a little bit kind of safer, a little bit like not a regression, but you would start there and you would progress to a yeah. rack. So what we look at there is like you're not pulling a program apart and just being like change every single thing because no. again the point is to progress. So we want to progress through those same exercises, and then we kind of want to just progress as a whole into the next program. And that might mean if we look at what we said before: split squat, hip thrust, RDL. We might change the split squat, like we said, to a weighted one if it was body weight. We might go to something like a single leg press where we're doing the same thing. We're essentially pushing weight in a unilateral position, unilateral meaning one leg. So if you think about a split squat, you're pushing, like the hard work of a split squat comes in the push on one leg. If you go to a single leg press, same thing. The work is in the push of one leg. But it's a mix up. And then we might be like, let's keep the hip thrust. Like the hip thrust went really well. We've progressed a little bit with that. And one thing to point out here, I'm going to side note like always, let's say in that first program with the hip thrust, we might have gone three sets of eight, three of 10, four of 10, four of 12. If we go into a new program, we go back to like three of eight, but we might have done three of eight at 70 kilos last time. Now that we've progressed, let's say we even sat with that 70 kilos for the whole first program, but we did 70 for three of eight, then three of 10, then four of 10, then four of 12. If you can progress to the point of doing 70 kilo hip thrusts for four sets of 12 reps, when we go into a new training program and we say three of eight, you should be able to go above 70. Yeah. Right? Maybe 75, maybe 77, maybe 80. Like it's going to be different for everybody, how much you progress and when. But I think a lot of people then are like, oh, why would I go from four of 12 to three of eight? If we think about that, we can't just keep progressing reps because you'd go four of 15, four of 20, five of 20, six of 20. I now live in the gym because I'm doing 10 of 100. Legit. (laughs) Right. So we cap it somewhere, but then we come back to three of eight at an increased weight. And then we, again, we move through it. Three of 10, four of 10, four of 12 with that new weight. And sometimes as we make those rep and set increases, we also might be able to whack on another two and a half or five kg or whatever. So if you look at, you know, three of eight, 70 kilos, by the end of that program, it might be four of 12, 75. Yeah. Just as an example. And then you might go into new program, like we said, three of eight. Oh, now I can do 80. And then you go through that same thing and you get to your next program. Oh, three of eight. Now I can do 90. It's that's crazy. literally how we progress. That is the point yeah, of gym. A, a good, like a good program. That's the point of it. Like, yeah. And then coming back to where I was actually going. So you might like sub out that single leg exercise for something else. Yeah. And then you keep the hip thrust so you can do what I just said. And then you might have been doing like a kettlebell RDL. So you might be like, oh, let's take it to a barbell. barbell yep. Bit of a progression. See, we're literally finishing each other's sentences. We should get married. It's like KFC. just chuck that in in the first program we're still pushing weight we're hip thrusting we're pulling weight so an rdl is like a pull movement we then go into a new program we're still pushing we're still pulling we're still thrusting whatever we might have done um like leg curls 
on the machine and then we might go to like leg curls on a ball just as a variation. We might have done a leg extension for the quads. We might chuck in a hack squat in place of that. But overall, like we said, you're not just sitting there being like, okay, I've ticked off the RDL. And I think this is what people think. Been there, done that, aka too good for that now. What's the next exercise? How do I advance this? And if we think about a person training for 15 years, if you think after five weeks of doing a deadlift, you're done with deadlifting, where the fuck do you think you're going to be in 15 years? Legit. If we think about, and I think I said this to the girls in the fat loss phase the other day, I've been training for 16 years. I'm still squatting. I'm still lunging. I'm still deadlifting. (laughs) I'm still thrusting. Like you don't get to a point where you tick off those things that are too good for those things. You keep going through that cycle, like I said before, of, adding the reps, adding the sets, adding the weight. And I think I've even said on the podcast before, then you might get to a program where we say, okay, let's take out the hip thrust, just as an example, and let's bring in something else that kind of works the glutes in the same way, but it's a little bit different. And we'll talk about the difference in a sec. And we work on like a few different other aspects of the glutes and the movement and whatever. And when we bring the hip thrust back in in the next program or the one after, we're a bit better at it. Yeah, you feel the difference straight away and like... Yeah. There's always ways you can change stuff up, like same movements, but change it. So hip thrust, exactly. Go, instead of going like a neutral stance, change up to a B stance. Yeah. Same as the RDL, staggered stance. Like you're still doing the movement, but you're training it unilaterally. So the one side, and yeah. when you go back to the double sides, you actually the, feel the difference. Yeah. So if we think about that, if people don't know, like a B stance means like staggered and you essentially put most of the weight on one foot. So if you're doing a normal hip thrust, weight is evenly distributed through both feet. Or if you're doing a normal RDL, weight is in both feet. When we go to staggered, we like put one leg sort of to the to the back and it's there for a little bit of assistance. And we kind of say like 70% of the weight on the front, front foot, foot yeah. 30 on the back. And when we think about that, you're going to move a bit less weight. Mm-hmm. Like your B stance is going to be less than just your big dog hip thrusts. And yeah. same with your RDL. But when we think about that, if you're progressing through those hip thrusts, like we said before, we then take it out for a training block and we bring in a B stance. You're forced to take a bit of weight off and you're forced to look at both sides. So if you're doing a hip thrust, it's normal for a human being. And I feel like we're just smashing the hip thrust, but this is the same for every exercise. (laughs) But it's normal to have a stronger side, a weaker side, an imbalance, whatever. Like that's completely normal. If We never take out that exercise. And I think some people go wrong in this place as well because they're like, I want to get better at hip thrusting, so I always need to hip thrust. Yeah. If you can put the ego aside, take that out, bring in a B stance, you're forced to reduce the weight and work on both sides and therefore work on any potential weakness. If you're in a normal hip thrust position and your right side just does all the work and your left side's just along for the right, when you go to B stance and you put all the weight on that left foot... It's like, fuck, I've got to get better at this because yeah. I'm doing the work now. And if we think about going through a training program or two like that, we then bring back in the hip thrust in five weeks, 10 weeks, whatever. That left side has made so much progress because it got a chance to do so. And then your overall hip thrust is booming because yeah. you've worked on the individual parts of it. Yeah, it's like for strength and another one is like range of motion. Like sometimes either or hip thrust, your hips stuff don't move the same on each side. Like that's why you work on stuff both and singly like yeah you get better at that shit yeah and even just going through like the rdl is a really cool example because obviously like most people will have a goal or a pb they want to hit with a barbell rdl but again if we can work through that for a while but then take the heavy weight of away for a few programs bring in dumbbells bring in kettlebells or whatever people can work on that range they can work on technique they can if the weight is gone, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, if you've reduced the weight, you're forced to look at other things to make it hard for yourself. Yeah. Because if you were doing like a barbell RDL at 80 kilos, let's say, most people wouldn't hold 40 kilo dumbbells no. to match that weight if they were to do a dumbbell RDL. Yeah. Right? So you might hold like 20s, let's say. Some people might not even be able to do that. But if you look at that, you've essentially halved the weight and some people can then be like, well, why would I ever go back to dumbbells if I would have to half the weight, right? And this is where I think there's a bit of confusion. If you did that, like I said, the weight is no longer the hard thing and therefore it's not that challenging in that exercise. We then kind of challenge ourselves because we're like, 
oh, okay, I can probably go a bit lower. I can probably slow this down a bit and work on the tempo a bit more. I can probably increase my range. Things that you wouldn't do with an 80 kilo bar in your hands because you're like, fucking holding 80 kilos. I've just got to get this up and down. Yeah. So when we take that away, we look at other components of the lift. And again, if we think about what we said before with the hip thrust, if you do this with the RDL, you go back to dumbbells, the weights lighter, you slow down the tempo, you work on the range, you work on the technique, whatever. You then go back to your 80 kilo barbell. The weight may be the same, but your range is better. Your technique is better. You can hold the reps longer. All of that shit is going to accumulate into a better RDL. And yeah. then you keep moving up from your 80. Yep. So I think it's really common for people to have those goals or those PBs in mind, like an RDL or a back squat, bench maybe, hip thrust, and then think, I can't ever take that out of my program if I want to keep getting better at it. Yeah. But I think we need to look at all the components of a lift and say, okay, well, if I wanted to get better at that, I'll work on all those individual components. I'll put my ego aside and ditch that like chase of a heavy weight for a while work on all those individual things, come back to my heavy bar with improved range technique, all of that. Yeah. I feel like we've gone really off topic, but I think that was worse. It is, but it's not. <laughs> I like, yeah. And I think a cool thing to point out as well is changing a program for the mental stimulation as well. Yeah. So, because if you were to just literally be like split squat, hip thrust, RDL, you're going to get bored of that. Every five weeks, we start again, same exercises. You are going to get bored. Think about like, you know when you drive somewhere and you switch off and then you're like, how did I get here? Fuck, I'm home again. <laughs> Legit. I, that happens with training for sure and I feel like people can relate. Yep. And you naturally have those things in your program where you're like, oh, fucking hate like girls like or whatever. So you kind of tap out. You're just not going to be there. And I think if we know that we're sort of progressing through a program, and we then like move into a new program, I think there's an excitement for people where they're like, oh, it's new program week. Like, what have I got? Yeah. Oh, hit the gym. Like, I've never done this thing before or like I've seen this, I've wanted to do it. And then they progress through those and then we mix it up a little bit. So I personally think there's a real sweet spot between mixing it up enough to like mentally satisfy people and have them be excited for a new program and to progress from any exercises that we might want to um, like advance a little bit. Yeah. But then also make it repetitive and consistent enough that we can actually progress through it. Like I said, if we completely changed a whole program, you're not really progressing because you're back at square one because it's a brand spanking new program. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, legit. Because I think the structure is best and then less is more. I think this is a sweet spot as well because obviously we don't want to just like go into the gym, do three deadlifts and go home. Yeah. I personally love like a lower body session with about five exercises. Yeah. I love a push and a pull, like we said, some sort of hip thrusty, bridgey variation. And then either like an isolated hammy, isolated quad, maybe isolated glute, like a combo of two of them or do you know what I mean? Like mix that up. Because when we think about something like squatting, like pushing – like pressing all of that. We're going to work the quads. We're going to work the glutes. When we think about pulling RDLs, deadlifts, that sort of thing, we're going to work the hammies. We're going to work the glutes. So everything's getting worked throughout the sesh. And I think it's cool to have the sort of three big movements, like the push-pull bridge, and then just be like, okay, let's hit the glutes with one more thing or let's hit the hammies with one more thing and just kind of mix that up from program to program. But if we look at that, super common for me to do a lower body sesh that's like five exercises yeah and really when I program that I think like okay go in for if we think about that sesh before with the split squat at the start we might do three sets maybe four sets say like first set is a bit of a warm-up and then you want to just work through those three sets of a split squat that's pretty if you're split squatting with decent weight in your hands and decent range it's a hard exercise it's killer yeah like a Bulgarian (sighs) rough um yeah And then if you were to go into a hip thrust, obviously anything with a barbell is a main heavy compound lift. So we always want to prioritize technique. We know this, but then you want to be loading that up. So if you're looking at like three sets of eight, 10, 12, whatever it is that week on a barbell hip thrust, that's heavy. That's intense. That's brutal. And then if we go into some sort of pull like an RDL, whether it's barbell, kettlebell, dumbbells, whatever, again, good range, good technique, that's a killer. And then if we have those finisher things like a hammy exercise and maybe like glute cable kickbacks or something, 
that's a banger set. Like, that's yeah. solid. If you've pushed to the point, and this is where we see people sub out the hip thrust for a chest press and then rate it as a 3 out of 10. And it's yeah. like, well, no shit, you took out the big dog lift. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's such a big thing too. Like, people are like, oh, how hard is that? It's like, it's hard as you make it. Like Legit. If you go do, a, like, a banger sesh like that, do lightweight, no real tempo, it's going to be easy as. You're going to walk at that gym like, that was fucking nothing. But yeah. you actually push yourself to the next level, weights, tempo, either or. Yeah. You're going to be walking at like, holy fuck, I'm sore. feel like we need to just clarify tempo, even though I've probably said it for like the last 50 minutes. So tempo means how long do we take to do the rep kind of. So if we look at a squat, we might say tempo of two, 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 meaning take two seconds to lower down. Hold at the bottom two seconds. for two seconds. Take two seconds to come up. And you can mix that up and say like a three, two, one. So take three seconds to lower down like really slowly. Two second hold at the bottom. Boom, come up fast. Yeah. So that's what tempo is, is how long we move through the movement. Yeah. But I think you touched on a really good point there is like if you make it easy, it's going to be easy. If you make it hard, it's going to be hard. One thing that we put in programs is what we call RPE, which stands for rate of perceived exertion, which pretty much – is what it sounds like. How hard are you pushing? Like, yeah. what is your rate of perceived exertion? How hard do you think this is? And we rate that out of 10. So we might say, like, do a hip thrust with an RPE 9, meaning you find a weight that you would describe as a 9 out of 10. Yeah. So most of my sessions, I will go, like, 7s, 8s, and 9s. Usually in week 1 and 2, we'll do more, like, 7 and 8s, maybe a 6 here and there if it's, like, a brand-new movement. And then we move up through sevens, eights, and then we have some nines in there. So it's like nine out of 10 hip thrusts or RDL or leg curl or whatever, you should be fucked. Like, yeah, you should be pushing to get those reps done. And I think that's a really key thing. Like you see this at the gym all the time, someone doing a set and then just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, playing on their phone. When's the next set? If you're chilling at the end of a set, you got to ramp it up. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a really common thing where we have that RPE of seven, eight, nine. I said this to the girls in the fat loss phase as well. The whole session, every exercise is like we say, push to a seven, eight or nine. And then you finish and you rate the session as a five or six in trainer rise. There's a mismatch there. Yeah. Like if we've told you to push to seven, eights and nines, really the overall average of that session is like an eight. Yeah. If you're calling it a five... It's like, what's going on here? Did you push to the sevens, eights, and nines? Yeah. If the whole thing was a five. And this is where I think some people can see that as a win. They're like, oh... Yeah. Like, I've done it. I'm, no, but I think it's even for our experienced girls, it's like, oh, that one was easy for me. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, if you yeah. get to an end of a session with all those things in it and you're like, oh, that was a five or a six because I'm actually like a big dog now. I can do all those lifts. Yeah. Like I said, even the most advanced lifters in the world are still squatting, they're still deadlifting, they're still doing RDLs, leg pressing, whatever. So if you're getting to an end of a session thinking like, I'm so tough now, all my sessions are just five or sixes, it's on you to ramp that weight up to a point where they're sevens or they're eights or whatever. And like I said, I think some people think it's a bit of a win and whether it's an ego boost or they are trying to impress their coach or they actually are just chilling you're the one losing out yeah. because the point of training is to push to that point of progressive overload, like we said at the start. So if you're rating a session of the five or a six, I'd say you're essentially pushing half as hard as you could be. Yeah. Like if a 10 out of 10 is down here and you're only going halfway, you're kind of ripping yourself off of potential progress. Legit. And I think people are like, whoa, go me. These sessions are only five or sixes. Wouldn't you rather than be eights or nines and know like, fuck, I'm pushing. I'm getting somewhere. Yeah, legit. Like ask, am I going to get somewhere on five or six out of 10 sessions? Yeah, legit. And then if not, just know that like if the thing there for you is like, no, I actually need more advanced exercises. No, you don't. You need to ramp up the weight, work on the range, work on the technique, work on all those things. If all those things are solid, keep pushing that weight until you are like, this is an eight or a nine for me. I'm cooked. And really, if we look at a set of like 12 reps, if you're just ticking along and you get to 12 and you're like, yeah, that was a five or six. First of all, the RPE is nine. So why are you going to five or six? But secondly, like we should be hitting like eight or nine reps and being like, fuck, am I going to get these last few? Yeah. 
And this is why for a lot of my programming, I'll write like 10 to 12 reps because it's like if you have found a way and you're pushing so hard that you're like, I'm stopping at 10. I can't even fucking get the last two. That's a win. Yeah. And I think, again, a lot of people would be like, oh, I didn't get to 12. Mm. It's like, but if you're pushing so hard that you couldn't get to 12, I actually think that's more of a win than, air quote, getting to 12. Like I got to 12 because it was easy. Yeah. Every time you fail, that's a win. Like in the saying, like always seen that and heard that, like every time you fail a workout. Like, is, it, is this your quote? No. <laughs> every time you fail it's coming. rep range and stuff like that, that's where you win. Yeah, and we don't need to fail to the point where it's like we're dropping weights and everything's so extreme and we're risking injury and all that. Yeah. But it's just really that sweet spot. Like if you do get to the end of the prescribed rep range and you are chilling and just ask yourself, it says here, push to an 8 out of 10. Was that an 8 out of a 10 for me? Yeah. Yeah. So I think key takeaways from this app, what we just said, push – to that point where you're yep. actually finding that sweet spot where you're working. Yep. It's not a win to be chilling with training. Yeah. Structured training. Yep. Big thing. Lose. Progress through the same program over time so you can actually progress. Yeah, legit. And lose the ego, lose the weights, get the range. As he gets. <laughs> I'm like, add more weight. And Shaq's like, lose the weights. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, start the program, lose the weight, get the range properly, and then progress. So everything was yeah. fine. But and yeah. I think the, the probably the final thing I'd say is be open to it being a long game. And we say this with nutrition as well. I think people are like, eight-week challenge, 10-week challenge, whatever. Even the fat loss phase is 12 weeks. But like, it's not like well, when I get to week 12, I'll just quit gym and go back to eating KFC every night. Sorry, Shaq. <laughs> but truly, I, like we've, we've banged on about that so much with nutrition, but I think training is the same. Like we said, you progress through that program and then you'll go into your next program. Some things will be the same. You'll go into the next one. Some are the same. Some progress. We take some things out. We work on the individual parts of it. We bring them back in. When you step back and look at that, this is months. This is years. Like we've been working on, like I said, all those movements for years. So long. And you're just continuously doing that and you're continuously progressing and then you're probably hitting a point where you're like, okay, technique's a bit sloppy. Let's regress, work on the technique. Then we progress again. And I think I've said this on the pod before, like you might go really hard on like deadlifts and hip thrusts and like your chin-ups and your push-ups get shit. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to focus on them for this program block and the hip thrusts and that don't get as much attention and you start killing it with the pull-ups and then you go back to the hip thrusts. Like we can always kind of have a bit of a different focus. Yeah. But really the it's such a long game of just continuously moving through those movements. Legit. Yeah. That's all it's about, girl. That is. Have you got a quote for us? Is it? All right, here's a quote. All right. Drum roll. Better be good. Dramatic. Nah. All right. So in the training sense, nutrition sense. Okay. Love it. On brand. Right. So ask yourself this. Awesome. Is it one day or day one? <laughs> <laughs> one day or day one? Give me a mic. I feel like you're such a fiend for the cliche quotes. <laughs> but though, they're fucking good. Like, and it's so you. You're, I love this for you. 100%. Like, Shaq will find a quote like this, and I say this with so much love, and be like, look at this banger. And I'm like, Shaq, we all had that on our wall when we were 10. <laughs> and Shaq thinks it's like this brand new revolutionary thing. I'm just waiting for you to drop, like, live, laugh, love on us. <laughs> no, it comes back to the same thing about training. You can't outdo the basics. So, basic quotes. They keep rolling back around, girl. Oh, shit. He's put me in my place. Shit. So, that's in about 10 years. Is it day... What is it? Is it one day, day or, or day, day one? one? Shit. Yeah. So this is for, for beginners or... Yeah, beginners. Getting, everyone, getting everyone. into their journey. Yeah, people who... Are you going to do it one day or is today day one? Yeah. So is it one day? If you're kicking stones, is it one day or is it day one today? Shit. Where are you going to start? Love that. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Tell the no listeners where they can find you. So, you guys, my name's Shaq. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm Coach Shaq, and this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> guys, funny story before we wrap up. Someone literally walked up to us in the street and, like, 
said to Jack, I've seen you on a podcast. And I was standing right there. The host of the Eat Like Ruby podcast. Start of the show. It was the same a lady said to us at the dog park. Oh, is that Nutella from YouTube? And I'm like, that's Nutella from Eat Like Ruby's YouTube and I am Ruby. And this is Coach Shaq, guest on the Eat Like Ruby podcast, and I am Ruby. <laughs> so, guys, yeah, find me on Instagram, Coach Shaq, for more cliche one-liners <laughs> and banger programs. Love it. Yes, guys, if you're interested in a structured training program, especially sport-specific, if you play a sport or you're working on performance, things like that, Shaq is your guy. That's literally his jam. That's what he does. So, check out Shaq. If you're interested in Eat Like Ruby... We are opening up the next round of the fat loss phase so soon, so we will put the link for that in the show notes. Yeah, um, like we said, the wedge shred's been going down on YouTube. That's just eat like Ruby. Insta is eat underscore like underscore Ruby. It's all happening. Yeah, don't worry, girls. I'll I'll teach you some one liners for you. For so what the motiv- fat loss phase motivation? Oh my god. Yesterday I was going to gym and Shaq said, "Do you have your AirPods?" And I said, "Yes." And then he goes, "Do you have your can do attitude?" <laughs> And then I was like, see ya. (laughs) So, no. All right, guys. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week. See you guys. See ya.